Welcome everybody to episode 60 of the Smith Fitness Podcast. My guest today is Ryan Evenden. Did I say that right? Yeah, Evenden. that's actually it, yeah. Uh, Ryan's a former national level swimmer, gym owner, head coach at Formidable SNC. Um, and he's here to talk all things swimming. I know, that most um, interesting of the, the, la- the to S&C be, topics. The, the, the last sport I would choose, to be fair. 100%. It's probably like, <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not in it, you probably wouldn't want to talk about it. And even when you're in it, it's a bit hectic. So, yeah. so um, uh, firstly, thanks for coming down, man. I appreciate it. He's here in person. We're not doing this over Zoom. He's on his way down to Bunbury. Um, I'd, have, I'd have made the effort to commit to come down anyway. That's it. That's it. Um, he actually hit me up. I was like, oi, and got me. I was like, oh, yeah, shit, we can do it Tuesday because I didn't get back to you because I'm fucking useless like that. So thanks for popping in, man, um, having a bit of a look around the place. And, yeah, it's good to have you in. Um, we're going to start straight off. It's good to hear a story. So we're going to go over your time as a swimmer yourself into the fitness industry, into owning a gym, the floor's yours. I know when people ask me this question, I can talk forever. Yeah, I, I was gonna, I was gonna open up with, I try not to waffle and I try not to talk myself in circles. Um, <laughs> anyone who has to deal with me on a regular basis know that I can probably do that. Yeah. So, well, I'll start at the beginning and try and move my way as most as chronologically, words, yep. as as possible. Um, so, first thing first, when I was young, I was actually not really, from my memory, not very good at swimming. So yep. I. I'm from the UK, and in the UK, I think the only memories I have of swimming in the UK were jumping into a really cold, freezing cold outdoor pool. Oh, rough. Um, for learn to swim. And there was this, at my primary school, they had an outdoor swimming pool. Don't know how big it was, can't remember. It mm-hmm. felt huge back then, but you know, I yep. was tiny. It's probably only 20 meters big. Yep. But uh, doing swimming lessons there, not being very good. Uh, but then when I was nine, we moved over from the UK to Australia. <laughs> Best thank, de- thank God. Best decision <laughs> my parents. <laughs> thank you, mum and dad. Ever made. Um, I missed out on a rugby career, but you know, I got a swimming one instead. Yep. So, um, uh, and yeah, I'm, realistically from there, I was in primary school and we did the swimming carnival, the school swimming carnival, and I won everything. And here I am going, mate, I can't swim for shit. Oh, okay. So you're just... swear on this? Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, sweet. I can't swim for shit. And um, I was like, oh, this... Like, how have, I, how have I pulled this one out of the bag? These Australians, I thought they were supposed to be good at swimming. They've got beaches everywhere, stuff like that. Um, so just something that you just picked up naturally? Like I you, don't know what it is. It, maybe it's because the world's upside down here or it's yep, the right way up. I, I tend to tell people I was, I was all of a sudden good at swimming. Yeah, and okay. Joined my school squad. The school had a swimming co- squad, so Bunbury Cathedral Grammar School, shout out to them. I'm that's down tomorrow for a, a Legends Relay. Not sure how that's going to go, but yep. um, they had a primary school swimming squad. Trained with that. Um, coach was Mrs. Fleming back then. Like you didn't go there because of swimming? You were just there anyway? I was just there, man. Just so you sort of just fell into it to start with then? Honestly, man, I literally just turned up and the school swimming carnival was like the first. And you did it and you're good and then all of a sudden, oh, this... They obviously have a focus on swimming to a certain they degree. Had a, yeah, they had a swimming program. I know program we didn't really have a swimming team. We just had like school carnival, into school carnival. Yeah, that no, was it's it. so good. Well, you guys had a program. Yeah, grammar was actually really good. And like a lot of credit to those guys. I would never have got into the sport without that. Yeah, that's kind what of I'm pathway. saying. That's like, like, would never have been something on my radar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the way it fell into it turned up, started doing the school swimming. It's like, well, not really that into it. 
but you know I'll do it because you're good at it and then I was thinking like <laughs> you know, young kid I was still in primary school so I like I was an old primary school student but I was like man if I can do the swimming gig I'll get real fit and shredded and yep. you know girls and stuff so why not so I think that was probably my main motivation to athlete do it athlete life <laughs> I was like man I could be an athlete <laughs> <laughs> not realising that you know a swimmer in WA especially regional WA isn't really like the high standard athlete that yeah. you want, you thought you might be yeah uh, yeah just keep going on that uh, a year after that I got kind of told by the by the school that I probably need to look at something a bit bigger in terms of going to a club yep. in, instead of just staying in the school program so so they were like you've got talent like you, if you want to take this further you need to go and yeah, they do really, this sort of thing they really gave it a push and pushed my mum and like we'll say look if he's gonna you know there's something good here He's got some got some touch for the water and stuff like that. So yep, some touch for the water. I like, like that. Touch for the water. That's fucking good. You can. Coin, I've never heard that before. You can coin, I'm probably the only. Got one a bit to, of touch for the water. I'm probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the only person to ever say it as well. I so like you, that. Well, That's can, not like a phrase that they use at swimming. Not that I know of. Fuck, it should be. It's a phrase oh, that a Ryan bit of touch uses. Touch for the water here. <laughs> it's a phrase that I use. <laughs> feel for the water is something that people say a lot. Like yep. having feel for the water is something that people say a lot. Touch for the water is a bit Touch of a... Water. That's like... That's a Ryanism on a quote there. I like so that. It's just, you know, taking a little bit to, to, to Ryan land on that one. But, uh, yeah, you got some touch for the waters, we will now say, for the end of time. Yep. And moved to Golden West Dolphins under Mike Warnock. Is that a bu- like Bunbury? Is that- that's more the Australind club. Okay, yep. So, yeah, there's Bun- Bunbury Swimming Club. We'll get there in a second. Yep. Uh, but I started training with Mike Warnock from um, Golden West Dolphins. And that was real good, real interesting. I spent about a year and a half at Golden West Dolphins. Yep. And all credit to Mike. I'm still great friends with, with all my coaches from back in the day. Um, keep in touch with every single one of them. I think that's really important. Um, credit to Mike. He took me aside after the first Nationals we went to. Yep. And he said, look, mate, you're doing really well, but I don't think I can provide you with the squad environment that's best for you. So I think you should go to... That's code for you're a troublemaker. Get out. <laughs> I was, it was there was only two of us in the squad, so oh, I yeah, well, been, oh shit, it's not much of a I mean, squad, and, bro. And yeah, Kate. I mean, Kate Bird, who is my training buddy. I literally had a single training buddy all the way from Bunbury all the way up to Perth. Yeah, I think we had two years separate because she's a couple of years older than me, and she went to Perth before me. But yeah, we trained the whole way through. Was yeah, pretty special in its own way. But um, yeah, he he moved us over to said, look, you probably should give. Bunbury go. Oh, that's pretty cool. With Chiffar, because there's a bigger squad there. They've got some more talent there. It's just a better environment for you to be in. Yep. What? Looking back on it now, oh, at the time, I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to Bunbury. Like, at that time, Golden West Dolphins and Bunbury, it's like... Rivals. F- yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck those guys, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before you go on, can like just because I'll forget about it, do you think the squad aspect of swimming is like a massive part um, you just sort of mentioned that you had a lot of uh, people sort of saying, oh, you're pretty good. And it took a little, it sounds like it took a little bit of persuading for you to be like, oh, right, I will take this further. Do you feel like the squad environment is needed because it's such a brutal sport in terms of like physically, but both like mentally as well? Because you've got to get up fucking early. You've got to put a lot of time in to get to a certain level. It's really competitive. Like if you're just yeah. doing that by yourself. Or you've got no one sort of encouraging you to take it further. It's sort of easy to be like, 
well, this is all a bit much in a sport like that in Australia. Yeah. You feel like that's... Because I see like what the, the kids I coach and I'm like, fucking hell, man, these kids are so committed. And then they're still doing other stuff on top of it, still trying to be teenagers, still trying to be kids. And it's, probably doing... And some of them aren't, aren't going to get much more out of it. Like that's the reality of it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's like, I don't think that can be um, like the importance of that wouldn't say pressure about that encouragement to get into it to start with and then that environment if you don't if you don't have a good environment man it'll be just be rough sport yeah so i guess there's two sides to that i, I think it very much depends on the athlete themselves yep. i was i'm an extremely kind of driven person and i was even more so back then i've actually had to di- i've dialed down on like how like hyper focus i get on stuff for yep. various reasons including your own mental health like, <laughs> yeah, yeah and yeah. having a relationship with someone else and actually viewing their their interests as well you yeah. know and actually having partners and stuff like that so like i've had to dial down on that but like for me as a kid i went to i went to my first nationals as one person in the whole t- like the whole squad like Shit. i was there by, and i was there by myself i think my you're like that guy at the olympics like carrying the flag but you're also like yeah the, the, i'm that <laughs> but um, also the kit you got the kit bags and the flag what's his what's his name like um eric the eel yeah yeah yeah. eric the eel the guy who did the 50 meters <laughs> and it took him two minutes 100 he's meters like, and it took him two minutes like the like, only athlete from his country yeah he's in a heat by himself because they couldn't put him with anyone else yeah that, <laughs> so i was like from an early early age and this is something that i don't i think country swimmers are really lucky now that they have more opportunities to travel as teams and there's more of them doing the sport so they can all go together but yeah back when i was doing it and it sounds like back in my day but like it's a different time period like yeah back in my day let's just said it back in my day we um i i was one of two people so there was another girl from bunbury swimming club who went to nationals yeah and then there was me who went to nationals from golden west dolphins like and that was almost the entire WA country component going to nationals that year. Yep. Now, it's awesome because there's heaps of kids from country swimming going. So from a young age, I had to kind of go, okay, I'm the only guy here from my team. Yep. I've got one other country person that I kind of know. Yep. Because back then, it's city and country was quite divided as well. Like the city was very clicky and like it was, you know, they didn't, there wasn't that many country swimmers coming up to Perth. Yep. So didn't know many guys from the city, like from Perth or anything like that at that stage. So you kind of got to like build your own little fortress around yourself to travel away and do comps like that. Yeah. And like, you know, it's my first nationals. Did all right. You know, yeah. also had a chest infection. What happens? That yeah. was the only time I ever got sick for a national. So good thing I got it out of the way then. Yeah. And, you know, you keep going like that. But I think getting back to your question, the environment is, it certainly helps. Yeah. And I know some guys wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do it without it. Yeah, yeah, that's probably more like what I'm saying. Like, not everyone could do like what you just described. Yeah, like very few. I f- I thrive off it. Like, yeah. I think I'm a probably I learnt the skills to become an athlete in a solo sport. I yeah. guess because swimming is technically still a solo sport. Yeah, that's you the got thing. relays and you got your teammates around you. But you you know, at the end of the day, it's you, the water in front of you, and that's it. Yeah. Like, even the guys next to you are kind of obsolete at mm. some stage because it's a time based event. Yeah. You're only going to go as fast like as... Like you don't really have much and sort of like golf. Like you can only put pressure on by what you're doing. You can't actually impact them. Yeah, 100%. You have literally no impact on anyone else. No matter how much I tried, I was a bit of a shithead when swimming. I used to clap, <laughs> yeah, behind, yeah, yeah. Used to clap behind the blocks and stuff to weak people <laughs> out. Like, I thought there needed to be a bit more personality in the sport, I think, at that stage <laughs> in my life. So, But, you know, like you can really only control what you are. Literally, yeah. you are in the water to do. So... I mean, you've got to have that mindset. But I think, like, realistically, my skill sets 
as a coach now and like how I operate, I'm quite, I'm a bit of an extrovert. So like, I think a team environment, like sport, team sport, is probably where I thrive, but I was really like the wrong person in the right sport at the right time for a group of people coming forward yep. in country swimming, if yep. that makes sense, as someone who could kind of make it more of a team. Not yep. to pipe my own tune a little bit, but it's kind of just how, when I look back on it, I go like, I did something really kind of special there. Yep, not everyone could have done it. Not, not in terms of like my personal achievements, but the way that like, there was me and another girl and there was two other guys, there was another guy and another guy from Peel Aquatic yep. Swimming Club, couple of people jumped in and out of those scenes but realistically there was like a core group of four built up to six and then like there was a couple of us who kept going there's a lot of us who a lot of them stopped after year 12 so yeah um, that really kind of drove this wave of country swimming into what it is today sweet so t- take me from that first nationals where do you where do you go from there is it just sort of uh back to the drawing board like go back to nationals that sort yeah, of thing. yeah so at that stage it was only really like there was two competitions every year yep national championships long course yep there wasn't like a when i first started there wasn't a state te- like at the moment there's a state teams what's a short course nationals yep what's ran a little bit differently than the conventional swimming meet it's run as like a almost a team so they're trying to make that a team event yep. it's still used just swimming your events but you're, you're built instead of winning medals for yourself it's a points thing to points make your, for your team yep. yeah points for your team to kind of win so yep. what's awesome it's a great event i was very lucky to be a part of some of those as well and then there's you know country penance what was the same deal yep what is i will say i said it two days ago because country penance was this weekend that is the best competition in australian swimming yeah just the enjoyment level you get at that meet is like nothing else i've ever been to yeah People will say that state teams is really cool, like in terms of that team aspect. But like those guys haven't been to country penance, they don't know. Okay. <laughs> like if if country penance is in Mandra, it was in Mandra a couple of years ago. If it's in Mandra, so some of those city guys can come down and check it out. Yep. Do it. It is okay. insane. And why is that? Like just the the following that it gets, like the the whole swimming club gets behind it. It's a bit of a the fundraising going into it. Yep. Because it's like a big community event to a certain degree. Yeah. Well, like. It's, it's held in, it, it rotates around the regions in, yep. in WA. So I think there's eight regions. I should remember I was on a committee for this at some stage, but forgot about it. Um, there's different regions and they rotate through who gets to hold country penance. Yep. And then the clubs will bid for it inside the region. Okay. So there's like uh, Southwest, Great Southern, yep. like, you know, the Kimberley. Yep. Gascoigne, Wheatbelt. All yeah, those sick. guys, so you're tr- you can travel. Like, there's been co- I've been to country pants at Port Hedland. Hell yeah, and it's a bus trip. Like, oh nice. Or Br- I think we did one in not Broome, Port Head, no, not Port Hedland, somewhere around there, like real yep. north. Yeah, and it was just like it's a bus trip. It's yep. like a two day bus trip to get there. Yeah, it is insane. Fuck yeah. So the organisation well, goes a bus into trip. it. <laughs> oh, mate, you're a rugby boy. You're yeah, love I love a bus love trip. Bus tri- love a bus trip. But yeah, a half an hour bus trip. I'll give it a full crack. Oh mate, bus trips are good. <laughs> I, I think more bus trips should be involved in any sport. <laughs> so um, where do you go from there? Do you start making higher teams? Is it um, yep, more so of a focus on, you know, you're starting to get to being a teenager, late yep. teens, that sort of thing? Yeah. So then you know, progressing through, you know, you've got um, your national age groups travel, like continue on year, 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 yep. all the way up to, uh, well. State teams, for example, I managed. I was lucky enough to captain a state team. Yeah, nice. What was for me like 
probably still one of my greatest achievements yep. in the sport. Yeah, for I would sure. consider um, having the opportunity to captain that that team and the way I performed at that event. Um, even though one of the results didn't go the way that I would like it, and yeah. a chip on my shoulder was very much developed at yeah, that at okay. that event. Uh, after I've got through this, but like the way I managed to bounce back from that and then get up for a race straight afterwards to compete yep. in, in a really successful way was really good, and still managed to hold my composure as a leader in this circumstance. What we might as well talk about? I swam the 200 breaststroke. Yeah, that was my event. That's literally my event. Yeah, like 100 breaststroke, okay at, not very good at. 400 AM, okay at, not very good at. 200 breaststroke, I could nail that race. Never won it. Yeah, yep. the national level uh, because of this event where I got DQ'd after I won. So After you won? So I swam the race, absolutely nailed <laughs> What'd it. What'd you do? Six second PB or something like that. Fuck! All the boys are looking at like, smoked it. Yep. Absolutely smoked it. To, I was in the outside lane, so I was in lane out. So I'm in the dark lane. No one ever looks at you. No yep. one knows what's going on. Yep. State captain, dove off, win the race, get up, massive celebration. Look at the board, got... My, I'm looking for my name coming up with one. Yep. Jake Packard, who's an Australian swimmer at this point in time. Yep. And then blah, 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 blah. DQ down, down the bottom. Ryan Evenden down the bottom, DQ. And I'm like... What for? The hell? Uh, illegal breaststroke kick. I had a... So... That's a fucking thing? What's that about? So... here's <laughs> the, the first fun- time I've ever here's heard Here's the that. funniest bit about it, yeah? What I was doing, if you had looked two, like, two lanes across, you yeah. wouldn't have been able to see what I was doing and every single one of them are doing the same thing. Yeah. Just because I'm in lane eight and the marshal is right over the top of me, uh, they can see it. What What is it though? How do you do so, an illegal... I will try and explain it as best as I can yeah, to people yeah, yeah. listening. Now, can you get on the table, bro? <laughs> 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 no, yeah, talk so me as through you, it. As you do your breaststroke kick, so you, you will start from the glide phase. So when you're outstretched. Yep. Arms above leg, arms arms out in front, legs straight behind you. Yep. Yeah. Heads down. This Everything sort of comes together. Yep. So what happens first, you, your legs will come up. Yep. You'll, and they'll try and keep your knees together. You'll turn your feet out and you try and push down as hard as you can. Yeah. And lift your legs. Yeah. Yeah. To I'm keep sort your, of getting it. To keep your, le- <laughs> keep your feet up on the water surface. Yeah. Okay. While your arms are going on. I'll keep it simple just to legs at this point. Yeah. So what I did apparently, allegedly what I did... When I went to, I pushed down, and when I went to lift up, you're allowed to do the lift up, that's perfectly fine, but you're not allowed to let them drop down. Okay. What if you think about in the context of the arm movement is actually impossible to do, because as soon as you go for your, your, take your breath, you pull your arms apart, you lift your body up, so you're naturally gonna have a dip in your legs. Yeah, it sounds so weird, because the whole point of it is to swim as fast as you can, so why wouldn't it be allowed? Ah, because otherwise people would just do fly kick and it's yeah bring it bring it in no well actually (laughs) (laughs) some hybrid strokes later into my story we'll get into my knee injuries and stuff like that and you i'll tell you some good 50 meter times i did this breaststroke butterfly kick what was quite insane but yeah so i got dq'd for that yeah uh blew up a little bit had a little bit of a a, stuff Fucking got out of the water. The lane ropes I, I, and go ripping. To, I go up to the, the marshal and I'm trying to ask them because it doesn't mention what you get DQ'd for on the board. So I'm yeah. just kind of like, I didn't break. I made sure my hand touches were good. The normal things that like they bust you for, like you, don't, you touch with two hands or yep. you touch with one hand and the other and then you turn, stuff like that. Okay. And they're like, can't tell you. I've got to talk to the referee, blah, blah, blah. I'm, going, I'm like, what can't you tell? You're the one who DQ'd me, man. Like, <laughs> uh, 
So nah, blow up at him. Had a little blow up, got taken around, back back around the back. I've got to get ready from a relay. Got ready from a relay, killed the relay. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That's but, good. Yeah, that was my... Was I, that like the last big comp you did? That's the national championship that got away. Yeah. Um, no, that's not the last big comp. Later in that year, I went to Olympic trials for the first time. Yeah. As a kid. Yeah. Not really expecting anything. Did really well. Hit all the markers I wanted to. Uh, year 12 happened. So I was in year 12 at this point. Yeah. I did my ACL playing touch rugby. Oh, no. Abs- and by Someone got him with a goosey. Well, I was doing... It was five... Captain of the touch rugby team. Oh, yeah. Five minutes in. Yeah. First play. Wax City. Yes. Snap, snap. Yeah. Snap like, City. And by an ACL, I mean ACL, PCL, MCL. MCL. Meniscus. My meniscus was flipped over its head. Yum. Like, not good. Very no. bad. Uh, massive bone bruising. Not good for a breaststroker? Yeah, someone who's very knee dominant in a swing of the... Yeah, right? Yeah. The yeah. O- the, one of the only, knee, the only knee dominant. I, would, I say it's the only knee dominant swing stroke yeah so yeah not great that was a that was a big touch footy was it like proper like a organized touch or was it just no contact no but it was but it was just uh like just oh, playing, no, no, no. playing this... in the park or like touch footy comp so or this what? was country week so oh, this is when yeah. all the country schools get together and they travel up to perth and they all play oh, sport that, for that a... makes sense yeah. they all play sport for a week so you're playing for keeps yeah you're for sure it's well mate, i'm the most I'm a competitive dude i yeah. have to win everything so <laughs> um, all right so t- talk to me about the uh, the transition. So Olympic trials, um, ACL. What was next after that? Did you come back to competitive swimming at any? Came back. I was supposed to move to Perth to start my next stage of my swimming career. Yep. At the end of year twelve, so I literally like packed up my bags at year twelve after year twelve. Yep. And moved up. I'm. I tell this story. It's not hundred percent accurate, but my dad had unpacked my room at my graduation. Like I'd taken my bed down and stuff like that. And oh, like you're moving, like shipping you out. Yeah, like, oh, okay, like yeah. get out of here. You're going to Perth. We all yep. know it. Like no point you hanging around. So I was up to Perth. I was swimming under Perth City with Matt McGee. Yeah. Some of the most brutal training I've ever done in my life. Some of the most uh, fulfilling experiences I've ever had in my life. Yep. In training in that kind of environment. Um, so that was kind of like a dream of mine as a country swimmer is to get to that squad. Yep. Um, so a lot of boxes make it in the big smoke. Yeah, like well, yeah, quite <laughs> literally. Like it's it's kind of hard to tell people how it is to be a country swimmer moving to Perth. Yep. Like in a lot of ways, or a country athlete moving to Perth. Like I think I can sort of um, vibe with that being a rugby player from WA. Yeah, like we would go to nationals, and obviously it was like WA, and it was you know it's all about Queensland, New South Wales, ACT, and it was like. You're trying to be that rugby player from WA. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Could be, yeah. Just on a national level, not a state level sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's probably about the same. But yeah, so I did that. Uh, went to my next Olympic trials. A couple of years in between that, obviously, year, Olympics is a four-week So you're year, swimming so. against like the, the shit-hot Aussie yeah, swim man. team? Yeah, and yep. in this period, I probably averaged around sixth in the country for about who, four years. Who was, was there any one person that you swam against that you were just like sort of want to get your, their autograph afterwards? Was there any of that? Nah. And you weren't in awe or were they more your peers? I never had any of that, I don't think, because I think it was a fresh group of breaststrokers coming up at that stage. Okay, and yep. we had all kind of swam against each other yep. for like at state teams. So who was who was the big name then? That, who well, Jake Packard is the guy who actually made yep. teams and stuff like that. So And Tommy Susipto from Rockingham. Yep. Uh, old Tom Tom. Uh, he was more the 100, so I didn't really have to deal with that. The 200 was wide open, just none of us could really take it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. In terms of the qual time. Like, 
So Australia, it's not just if you get top one or two, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go. Yeah. You've got to hit a time that's going to be... There's a, an Olymp- There's a time that comes yeah, down from like Olympics. Yeah, there's a qual like time. They Olympics put qual times on it. Olympics, Com Games, World Champs. They yep. put a qual time down. Uh, and none of us... Couple couple of times someone got there, but it was very touching. It was very much open, like you could have done yeah, okay. on the day. But you know, I came sick full time, so that's all right. Yeah. But sixth in Australia, pretty shit, good. man. Pretty happy. I've never been sixth in Australia at anything. Well, there you go. I was there, sixth there, in Australia you go. So, there you go, bro. And a couple of times as well. So, yep. um, so was that when you were swimming uh, under the Perth Club? Yeah, that was under Matt McGee at Perth City. Yep. During that time, I redid my MCL about three times. Doing what? Breaststroke. Fuck. Just the the reps. Yep. Um, so, did a lot of breaststroke pull in four years' time. Yeah, shit. Uh, my knees are still busted to this day. Yep. My, I ended up retiring pretty much due to... My knees actually had just got better. Yeah. And then I redid my MCL, but I also had... Uh, some degeneration in my my discs in my T spine. Yep. Because of all the the extension for your your thoracic spine. Yep. Okay. Like just that constant like you do it. Say like say I'm doing like four k of breaststroke a session. Yeah. I'm going like maybe two meters per stroke. Yeah. It's a lot of reps twice a day. Yeah. It's, it's all about reps, say. Hey? Nine days a week. So much reps. Oh, nine days a week. There's seven days in a week. Nine sessions a week. You know, yeah. like that's a lot. So. I had that, and that was pretty much the point where it was like, yeah, so much pain. I was on anti-inflams all the time. Yeah, pretty bad. So that's kind of, and from that experience, I've kind of gone, all right, sweet. How could we do this better, so I don't have to be someone looking after someone like this? Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, so, for sure. Um, so that's kind of. I was always, I, I was coaching swimming yep. since. I was about 15 years old, yep. like on pool deck, like coaching juniors and stuff like that. I coached all the way up into Perth City. It's pretty much how I made my livelihood. Yeah. Was when I moved to Perth, I coached. I coached at Kirby's Firm. I coached at Christchurch. I coached at Perth City. Did a lot of coaching on deck. Uh, went to, but I was doing at once during year 12, that was the kind of the thing that kept me in the sport because I, instead of swimming all the time, I coached. I would be on pool deck. I'd, I coached three of my peers at school to their phys ed studies practical exam. Okay, yeah. Like we just hired Adelaide and I just coached them twice a week. Yeah. Every every week for the year 12 practice. So what happened for you to get into the, the more strength conditioning, fitness side of things? I went to university yep. for a brief period in time to do a sports science degree. Yeah. Thought I was hot shit at the time. Had a few disagreements with lecturers. Well, I, I thought... Wait, you went to lectures? Yeah, I actually went to lectures. <laughs> uh, cause I was, no, because I was really interested in learning. I actually wanted to learn stuff. Yep. Um, but when I asked questions about stuff, I probably, looking back on it, it can't be them. Like, it might have been them, but like, whatever. <laughs> the way I asked questions and the way I used my experiences and my coaching experience from swimming, yep. knowing me back then, I probably phased it in a way that was pretty like not, not the way to talk to someone who's trying to teach you something. Wait, what uni did you go to? I went to Curtin. Curtin, okay, yeah, that great hub for sports science. <laughs> Curtin's the one I didn't go to. Which one? Is, so you went to all of them? Oh, three of them in Perth. <laughs> UWA uh, for the undergraduate. I attempted to transfer to Notre Dame. Did fuck all at Notre Dame. Just wasted my time. 
went back to UWA to finish all of that and then ECU for the Masters. Yeah, so I wish I probably like went to ECU straight away. Because yeah. I was either going to go to ECU Fucking or far away from where Curtin. I live. <laughs> and yeah, well, that was one of the things. I was like, it's yeah. a long way. But then again, I was living in Wembley, so going to Curtin is almost just as far. Yeah. It's just the other direction. So uni didn't vibe with you? And not then much of a university person. Where'd I, you go from there? Not much of a school person. Like yep. My way of learning is very much not compatible to that. Yep. That kind of environment. And I need to make school work. I needed the most structured regiment I could possibly ever conceive of like to the minute like yep. otherwise fuck it, I'm not doing that why would I do that like, okay dumb school stuff like <laughs> so audio stuff I listen to podcasts and I listen to audiobooks and all that stuff all yep. day YouTube do that all day sitting yep. in a lecture and trying to do an exam a written exam for someone who can't spell or read good yeah not something that I was really down for so left university um I met Simon Lukuliad, yep. who is the, the silent partner, as he likes to say, of familiar <laughs> strength and conditioning because he is quite quiet. AJ knows Simon So I went well. to, uh, I did fourth year with Simon, I'm pretty sure. Pretty fourth sure, year yeah. rehab yeah. with Simon at UWA. Um, so that's how I know Simon. Um, so you met him through swimming because Simon's a swimmer. Yeah, so he, well. was, he was swimming at the same time. Yep. He was, he was in the sprint lane, I was in the middle distance lane. He didn't really do much. Yep. I did all the work. And then there's the open water guys who did who say I didn't do much and they did all the work. Or as swimming as a swimming coach? Is no, 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 like as, as, as swimmers as in that, the water. Oh, okay, so yep. Simon was a sprinter. Yep. I swam middle distance, I swam two hundreds and stuff like that. So I had hard sets, he did diving glides. Yeah, okay. And what I consider hard, the open water guys would have called sprint sessions and yep. they think they're the tough tough kids in the universe so how did uh so you know simon how did you guys come up with formidable where did where did it all come from so i did my cert three and four yeah at christchurch grammar school where simon was coaching at the time yep yep and yep. once i'd finished it i think he was already coaching there through uni i remember yeah yeah, yeah so he'd been there for quite a while yep. at that stage so after that he was like look i want to do my own thing yep do you want to do your own thing yeah i was like at this point, I've never actually had a job with an actual boss yep. so to say. Like, I've never had that experience. I've never had to give a resume in in my life. Yep. Oh, no, I had to do it once, and that's when I went to the mine site for a brief experiment. Yep. But like, I've never had a resume, never give one in. And so I was like, shit, yeah. How hard could it be yep. at 21 <laughs> years of age? How, how hard can this be? So how long ago was this? Probably four years, five years ago? How We're you coming know? up to five years now. Yeah. So... Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, shit. And that was um, into the space in North Frio. Yeah, so, that's so that, that was in our North Frio, spa, Frio space and that place. <laughs> so who came up with the name Formidable? Like, was, oh, it, was it Simon? Is Simon the, the business guy behind it? Did he do the branding? I like your guys' branding. It's always been sick. Um, it was a lot of sitting... Because we're both swimming at this point. Yep. Simon was heading towards literally the end of his career. Yep. I hung around for a year after before my body just kind of said, see you later on. Yep. Um, but we're, a lot of just sitting around a table, brainstorming ideas. Yep. Because what are we going to call it? Evendon Lecouliard or Lecouliard Evendon? Like strength training systems or... Yeah, something. man. It, everything sounds so dumb when you say it as well to start with. Exactly I thought right. Smith's Fitness was so dumb and it was literally like a placeholder. <laughs> It was like, oh, we'll just call it Smith Fitness and I'll come up with something later. Yeah. Um, and now it's sort of, it becomes its own thing. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? It's sort of now it's, it would be weird if it was anything else. Yeah. 
I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about because it's it's for me. I go like, oh, well, we're formidable strength and conditioning, FSC, you know. Yep. All the permutations that we've had of that when we had a coffee shop inside, formidable strength and coffee, like you know, whatever. Yep. But at the time, we just I forgot you had a coffee shop inside. Yeah, that was mainly <laughs> to feed our own addiction. But like, <laughs> yeah, um, we made just enough to make it break even. Yeah. And then we decided we needed more gym space, so yeah. we got rid of it. So um, you've got that space in. Who organised the space in North Frio? Was it was it just there? You went to the was it a council okay, or was it so a club? That is a council place. That is a lease of a lease, I guess. Yep. So we we've moved into there, and we just, we just started from there. Oh, and then Simon went to Rio Olympics to coach. He was over there coaching. He was doing SNC work over there. Okay, sweet. Yeah, for, I think he was over there for Heidi. Yep. Makes, yeah, so he was over there as Heidi's S&C coach or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, so, uh, so so as soon as we opened the place, Simon left to go to, go to Rio and I had to <laughs> deal with... He literally said to me, he's like, look, we've got rent-free for this much time if nothing really happens, whatever. Yep. And me going, well, I'm still swimming full-time at the stage, so I just brought in some clients, did some stuff. Yep. Someone walked up so to the was door. it just word of mouth getting getting the first clients? Like, how did you go about getting memberships, clientele, so all that sort of stuff to start with? Was re- it just rewind slightly from there. While we were in the setup phase, it took us about a year to get it set up, like yep. get into Frio yep. with everything that goes into a business, like naming it, getting your registration, yep. figuring out what you want to do, yep. getting knocked back five times, going to place it, like lease, lease places where you think it's going to be your dream location and then realising that, knocking down five walls to make a bigger space is not no not conducive to making a successful business work unless yep. you go through legal documents and stuff like Man, that. You'd never get anything done if you had to do everything by the book as well. And I could only <laughs> imagine what Frio's like. Just um, the best what policy, what is it? It's um, ask forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. I think that's a very like... 100%. It's a very key <laughs> part of business, I think. Because like, the amount of stuff people don't check on it as well is like whatever. But... Um, I was, I was working out of my garage at the place I was renting. So I had a few clients come into that. We're doing some stuff there. Yep. And then we moved to Frio. Everything moved to Frio. So. Yep. And is this all... Uh, so it was only a, like a, a club room sort of space. Is it all uh, one-on-one, two-on-one, small group session? Is it a membership stuff? Like, uh, yeah. Talk me through how you, how you set up the structure of that, man, that side of the business. Man, was it just anything you could get your hands on? Man, the evolution of... The, the business side of it and what we offer now in terms of what we offered at the start is is quite crazy. So we started off doing only one-on-ones. Yep. And then we kind of put in some classes. Yep. And like by classes, we did a strength and conditioning class where it was like you write a program up on the board, you know, and they do that. There yep. was a, we called it strength, there was a strength class, there was a more of a conditioning class. Yep. It was like just, you know, and wraps and stuff like that. Going as close to CrossFit as I would allow the programming to go. Similar to what we do here. To, uh, to CrossFit um, without it being CrossFit. Yep. Taking taking the good out of it, you know, like, and putting your own style on it, I guess. Yep. And then and then Saturday and we ran, we ran a 12-week challenge. Are you just doing these as like pay as you go, pay for 10 pack or yeah, is man. It memberships? Pay, pay as you turn up kind of deals. Yeah, like. that's what I had before. Um, we used to go with like a 10, hey. 10, uh, 10 session card and I would like uh, click everyone's card. It's but it was good when like when there was a few people line up and there'll be like 10 people renewing their card and I'll be like, 
I'm in for some money here. Yeah, yeah, and you're <laughs> and you're begging for a payday. That, that, that kind of business model, you're like always trying to figure out when you're going to get paid next, and like yeah. you can't project anything forward. Yeah, real hard stuff. So, one day, me and Simon decided that we wanted to not be paid for our PT. I guess. Yeah. Like we wanted just to combine everything into one. Yeah. And work it that way and pay ourselves, you know, we're 50-50 in the business. We pay each other 50-50 and work that way. Yeah. What was fine. So I held on to a few clients. Simon had his clients and we started the FSC club. So this is where like what we, the, this is the original conception of what we do a lot of now. Yeah. Um, what was, I guess it's semi-private pay weekly fee. Yeah. Um, what allows you as a business to be able to like actually project some kind of cash flow what's quite important apparently and when you're, you're doing business apparently you know knowing what finances you're going to have yeah shit I'm still learning yeah so well <laughs> Simon's actually real switched on to that so I'm I can imagine that yeah I, well it was kind of a necessity because I was A unable to do it because yep. my brain yep because my brain because my brain yeah. <laughs> my brain's not wired that way and I'm not very good at it and it's taken me until now to kind of figure out how to do any of it yep um, and I'm still terrible at it um and I also just didn't want to do it. So, yep. <laughs> so yep. hats off to Simon for actually doing his stuff. So that's like the um, the FSC, uh, what did you call it, FSC club? That's the FSC club. So that's yep. that's pretty much where Wembley completely runs on FSC club. Yeah. And what, what do you mean by that? Is it just, so that's small group training? Yeah. So that started as, because I kept having this problem at, like a lot of PTs will have at the start of like, okay, you're a PT, you've got to offer this much money to get, you know, income in. Yep. But, you know, to as a, a quality service is actually not just writing shit up as they walk in the door. Yep. You know, you've got to price yourself up a little bit. Pricing may conflict with the area. You're getting a bit of a problem. So I was like, why don't we just do this? Where you make I was like, let's offer as much value as we can yep. into a thing. So we I did individualized programs yep. for every single FSC club member at this point in time. Um, and they got two times a week and they got the Saturday class and they had Saturdays included. I only just stopped doing that uh, at the old gym. Yep. Um, I would, and <laughs> I guarantee it was for way less than what most people would think I should be charging. Yeah. And still would get told that's ah, too expensive. You're, you're charging too much. I can go, <laughs> I can go to, I can. Yeah. I probably shouldn't say names, but I can go to gym down the road yeah. and I only have to pay... Yeah. I won't use their actual price so, $7.85. So you know? now like, I've gone to just a flat rate. Um, I'm actually phasing, well, phasing out um, one of the sort of membership memberships that we did have um, and then, you know, starting to phase in these higher prices and more like what people should be expecting to pay for what they're getting. Yeah. Because I, I used to write, man, we were, we were sort of, pushing towards the 100 mark in memberships and I was still offering like everyone can have a program who needs a program I'd, I don't know I'd write it out print it out give it to them yeah. and it would be like oh cool and then yeah you'd see some come back one session out of them done and you'd just be like no and I got over that so now it's all run through an app we have yeah. preloaded ones in the app that are fucking yeah. great that I sell on the side to non-members as well um, and it's just been so much easier in terms of paper trail printing stuff out, writing stuff up, yep. that's just not going to happen anyway. Um, yeah, it's definitely the way to go about it. Yeah, and for us, that came across, like I forwarded this idea because we I was coaching the St. Hilda Swimming Club at this stage, the yep. SNC work, 
and they all turned up. Like there was like, as we had two hour, one hour sessions in the Frio gym, what's probably about a hundred square meters or whatever, like a little bit over. Yeah. And I'd have 20 athletes in there. It's working. brutal, eh? 20 athletes work, 20 kids working in there. Like yep. from ages of 14 all the way up to, I think our oldest would have been 18. Yep. And I had them separated into groups. So I had freestyle, form stroke, <laughs> breaststroke and, and distance. How'd you go about separate, like giving them different programs in like such a small space, so many numbers? Being, or just, did being, it not happen? Bro, being very creative. We yeah, made it I work. I made yeah. it work. Like I just, you just had to, okay, so I, I would do this. So this is still kind of the, we're getting into the swimming SNC part now. What's probably what people actually want to listen to. <laughs> um, you've got two like in my opinion you've got two streams in the snc kind of world for like the swimmers yeah okay you've got the hip dominant upper body dominant strokes yeah what is your freestyle butterfly and backstroke uh and then you've got your breaststroke what's lower body dominant knee dominant everyone work. else and breaststroke yeah pretty yeah. Mu- pretty much because like you you look at you look at freestyle you look at backstroke you look at butterfly it's still a catch overhead catch and that's the predominant force generator. Yep. You look at breaststroke and the, f- the predominant force generator is a lower body knee movement of a push instead yep. of a pull. So breaststroke is a pushing stroke and everything else is a pulling stroke. Yeah. So if you just break it down into that kind of category there, I could figure out, okay, so this group, like the, let's call them the non-breaststrokers because I'm a breaststroker, breaststrokers are cooler, they deserve their own name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The non-breaststrokers, they would, they would do a lot more hinge work because they're all their lot like, like hidden. You get the, with a hinge, you get you know hip dominance, so that's their kick. Their kick is coming basically from their their hip. Butterfly yep. people argue like, oh, there's knee flexion in there because of a butterfly stroke, but it's generated from the hip. Okay. Yeah. Like things are, it's generated from the hip. Everything that comes from that is part of the momentum of the stroke. Okay. Um, and then you've got upper body pull, so it's an upper body pull with a hip dominant leg drive. Yeah. Um, so they did hinge work, pull, a lot of pull work. You know, we were running at that stage. I wouldn't let them press anything. Yeah. When we first started, I wouldn't let anyone press anything. I had a very strict guideline of when they were allowed to press. And the reason I did that, and I kind of almost changed a little bit now, but the reason I didn't do that at the start is because I was like, these guys are doing so much reps yeah, that's, that's something that I, they I do like so, to sort of... Yeah, they do so many reps in front of the body. Yep. Like, just give them something else to do. Like, so I do I do get yeah. my guys to press. Um, yeah, we do now as well. But that, that whole aspect of do they need more of the same is a huge one for not just swimmers. Well, everyone, but especially swimmers, I suppose, because yeah. it is a repetition-based sport. Yeah. Like it's cyclical. They're doing the same fucking thing day in, day out. Yeah, for re- morning, for meters and meters and meters and meters. And, meters. Sort of and like... In terms of swimming in particular, you've got the shoulder joint that is such a mobile joint anyway and any kind of instability in that shoulder or compensation leads to a lot of issues across multiple points in the body. Yep. So, like, for example, you can have an issue in your shoulder and the compensation will go mid-back and then you'll have other side and stuff like that. So these are things that you've got to kind of figure out. And it's swimming is also so different to land-based sports in the terms of land-based sports, it's foot contact drives the, drives the movement. Yep. All of us, and like, you know, you, they both operate the same. There's like a ball and socket and then another joint and then a, another joint, yeah? Yep. Hand, what is it? Hand, hand elbow. Is it a joint by joint approach? 
Yeah, a little bit of joint by joint. Boil. Boil. Yeah, might boil. Joint by joint. Yeah. Up like crossovers and stuff like that. All that. Yeah. Whatever the terminology. All that is. jargon. All the ter- yeah. All the <laughs> technology that is that is. But so swimming is so different that the fact that your main propulsion is coming from your hand and not your foot. Yep. So you've got to make sure that you're taking a taking care of their their hand, elbow, shoulder in the same way that when we do running prep, we take care of foot, knee, foot, ankle. It's a good knee, way to think of it. Knee, hip. Yeah. Well, you've, you've got to go. Where is the power coming from? Where is the most force going to be on the sh- on the joint? We can't control the technique that they do in the water. Definitely not, because that's not our, that's well for <laughs> it's one. Not thing, our job. It's not our job. <laughs> if you tr- like, for all the idiots on Facebook forums about sw- strength training for swimming, who think that that is what they should be doing, it's not because you're literally mimicking just, the stroke in the gym. You are now, literally that's... making them more do more reps. Like I said before, I was a breaststroker. Yeah. I did so many reps, my back, my disc disappeared. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You know, like think about it. Like think, use your brains a little bit. Do they need to be doing more of the same, or do they need to be doing the opposite? So when they do the opposite, they can build the strength and stability around the joint. Yeah. So they can actually perform. One of the big things I say is just building their resiliency and capacity to handle their training that they're doing yep. is better than me seeing them. Put, not that we've done one RMs, but is what I'm doing rather than trying to increase their squat, bench, hinge, pull up, what. Maybe not pull up, but if I saw... Uh, I'll ask you about pull up in a second because that's another one, eh? Um, but yeah, that's what we're, we're really training is to complement their swimming, not to make them like you will because you're doing it, not, not out and out to make them stronger in the gym. It's to make them be able to handle the swimming that they're doing. Then all of a sudden there's less setbacks. There's less time out of the water. They're getting more reps in with their actual sport. Yep. That's what makes them better. It's not because they can now put you know, a little bit more force through a pull stroke or something. It's, that's not what it's really about. It'll happen. It's a side effect of strength training anyway, yep. but it's more, can we increase the capacity of these guys to handle such a demanding volume of work that they're going to get put through? Yep, 100%. And like in, in that terms, I also look into like, where was I? My brain is going. <laughs> There's about five different splinters off that that I was thinking of. I'm just trying to track them down. This is what happens when you have ADHD. <laughs> um, I'll let you keep thinking about it. Nah, I'll just keep talking. We'll come up eventually. <laughs> um, so, like, I mean, 100% correct in everything you just said there. I agree. Um, it's also a fact that I used to measure... This is what I was going to say. I used to measure my success rate on the injury rate of the squad. Yep. So when I first got, first got the group, it was a squad without much of an SNC program, not much stuff going on outside. It came in, we dramatically reduced yep. the, the, the rate of injury yep. or the amount of time people stand out of the water. Yeah. Tick one, done. We also increased their capacity for movement yep. because swimmers are the most uncoordinated people you could probably meet in the world. Yep. You get a few that are absolute gem and you go, you and guys... And they are, all play football as well. And they're athletes. Yeah, they're <laughs> they actually, all do something else. Well, they're actual athletes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, good for those guys. They're actually athletes. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing. They can move. Awesome. You get the guys who can't move. And then we get a bunch of people that are just either way too hypermobile or they're way too stiff. And the way you need to identify and treat both of those issues, like you can't just blanket statement say that, swimmers need flexibility because there is a lot of swimmers you're going to have a bunch of swimmers 
who are hypermobile and you're stretching a joint and the reason that shoulder is getting injured, I guarantee you is not because they don't have the range of motion to get in position properly. It is because they have so much range of motion in that joint that their shoulder is just banging around inside. Smashing the, shit together. It's just that shouldn't around. be smashed shit together. And it's just, it's just bouncing. And like your, your bicep gets tight and it pulls on that and it pushes yeah. the bicep tendon. I used to spend, uh, when I first started, um, I used to spend uh, a fair bit of time on, you know, mobility, stretching, whatever you want to call it. And I just like, you know, I got a, a couple of months into it and I was like, this isn't what they need. Like, yeah. this is not what they need. And I'm like, they need stability and they need strength and i always come back to strength is prevention like yep. if they're stronger they they're going to be better off than again how much more shoulder range of motion do some of these like swimmers need if they can get zero like, <laughs> some of them don't need any and if you look at the strokes in particular if they can get clear sight if you're standing next to them and they can get their hand over their head with their thumb up i'm doing this for aj's benefit but nobody yep. can see it yep. and you can see the back of that, like you can see a gap and you can see all the way through to the other side, they do not need any more range of motion. Yeah. Like, because if you look at any of their strokes, there are never, there's never a point where that is needed or is going to be beneficial. <laughs> the old like, arm, to, arm to ear. Because just... pe- people go like, oh, freestyle, freestyle that makes sense. Well, but, but what about butterfly? Okay, in butterfly, you're going to have chest, chest down and you're going to see a little bit of gap. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, if you go any further, you're creating a massive barrier there. And the number one rule when you're coaching swimming, for back when I was doing it anyway, and on the pool deck, yep. minimize resistance, maximize propulsion. Yeah. The minimize resistance is the most important thing, especially for the breaststrokers in particular, but that we're, then we're talking about swimming coaching. Like the minimization of resistance leads to more efficient swimming, more ability to generate power, less turbulent water. Yeah. So your force output is going to be better. These are all swimming specifics that I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, but like <laughs> when you filter that back down to your, your S&C work with these guys, you kind of, you realise that like how much do someone does someone need and then how much do you need before it becomes a detriment to their, perform, their performance and their, their shoulder health and their joint health. Yeah. Like, and then for, for me, we do, we implemented something a couple of years, like maybe last year two years ago but we always had something in place but we have a very strict system now we do a nine point flexibility hypermobility test yeah so you do thumb pinky elbows knees <coughs> hands to, hands to the floor straight leg yes there's nine points if you count both sides so yeah thumb pinky elbow uh knees and then hands to floor yeah yep. so if you scale, if you hit zero on that score, not a bad thing. We just know that you're a bit more hypo mobile. Yep. So you're less mobile. You're naturally predisposed to not being mobile enough. If you hit at nine, we know that you've got so much laxity in your joints because we've tested a, a range of joints and you've scored very highly across the board. We know we've got such a high range of motion that we need to tighten that up a bit. Yep. Or you're going to be predisposed to having too much range of motion when you're doing stuff. You cannot stabilize yourself in the water yep. and when you can't stabilize yourself in the water that is when you've got you know things dipping down you got your hand coming up too high you're not getting good catch in the water you're not propelling yourself through the water in the right way yeah on the other scale we've got the guys that are hypomobile so the guys with limited range of motion they can't even their problem is they can't get into the range of motion yeah so they're always developing compensations at some other point so if, for example they're doing freestyle they put their hand in the water but they don't have the overhead range to get their hand up high enough. So what they have to do, they have to compensate somewhere down the train to make them flat in the water. Yep. So you get lower back injuries, you get other side shoulder, you get rib, 
hip, hip like hips start to get a bit out of line, and you also see a lot of swaying in the water. So for those guys, the number one priority for them is making sure they can get in position so yeah. that they can tick this box off. Like we have a very specific shoulder overhead range of motion, um, internal external rotation, yep. and bunch bunch of others that we, we make sure that we implement, they tick those boxes before they are cleared to do the strength training movements. Yep. For the guys that are too floppy and I call them floppy flop flops. <laughs> like, and most of the, these are, this is your, it's easy to genderize them, but like say for girls, like girls, there's a lot of girls that are more hypermobile than the guys. So yep. guys tend to be a bit more stiff. General terms, yep. you get them over, over each way and you get guys in the middle. The guys in the middle are fine. You've just got to realize like, some days they might be on that side, they might be on the other, and the other days, and you've got to work it out. You might also get someone who comes in as hypomobile, but they're not super stiff, so you do your range of motion tests to tick them off, and they're absolutely fine. Yeah. What's good? Like, that's yep. ideal. I don't have to worry about mobbing their hips, their ankles, and their shoulders to the point where they can actually function. Yeah. Same with the guys over here. Can these guys do these tests within a certain range and parameters so we can actually, like... Make sure they stay tight under load so they don't injure themselves during the lifting, like lifting. Yeah. Like yeah. there's... It sounds very intricate compared to um, like the program that we have here. And that's probably mainly due to the, like the practicality of coaching yeah. a, a big group for a little amount of time per yep. week. So I don't have much uh, contact with them really. I would hopefully, I would probably like to maybe see them that third time um so a lot of my time is spent just big basics yeah um so you know we're squatting hinging pulling pressing lots of core work lots yep. of ab work and just without without being um what would you call it without being neglectful asking them to do stuff that they should be able to do yeah um and saying all right figuring out okay this squat is playing up with so-and-so here we're going to do this variation we're going to change 100%. it to a single leg because at the end of the day the job is to get them stronger yep um and it's not for them so much to come in here and do rehab prehab work obviously we will but when it's squat s and c time it's yeah. time to get well it's just s time really it's strong yeah. it's time to get strong um, like i don't do conditioning with them at all that's yeah. taken care of and like why would you because like if any if you like this before this turns into a rant about like the idiocies of like you know <laughs> of people that try and do snc for swimmers or coaches that do it and they don't quite get it right and they just end up using it as another session to flog them yeah no nah. or to work their like oh we're just doing work capacity work okay what work capacity are you developing right here like by yeah. doing this how is this you're training a system right now yeah, yeah. How is that different to what you're about to do? Literally in about five minutes times in the water. Yeah. Like where yeah, is for me, it's like this. We've got an hour and a half with them across the week. Make them strong. Yeah, make them stronger so they can train better. Make, <laughs> make them me. strong. And like we do things where it, what I just explained sounds very complicated, but we make it really simple. We take the thought process out for them. So yep. within our, like us, our FSC club, they we have we used to have everyone on their own programs yep. now we have people on different groups mm -hmm. um, because what we realized was i was wasting a lot of time writing a hundred plus programs for yep. people with very massive amount of detail because i'm like that yeah 
with a date in mind and backtracking it from there, you know? So Yeah. It's just not practical at all, is it? For a large number of people. And it's not probably for the price you're getting paid as well. But like. taking all of that out of it, you don't need I don't think you need to do it either. Like no. I think there's a very a systems approach is much better because when they're all doing this like if you've got a group of people also doing the same stuff. Yep. They train together. We know that when people train together, they tend to enjoy themselves more. Yeah. That's why they're coming to places like ours yeah. because they want a community aspect of it. So why are we wasting, wasting, almost wasting our time? I wouldn't say it's wasting because it's more specific, but wasting our time doing overly complicated programs, trying to make them different, like literally going Just out, for the sake of, it. out of our way to make the programs different yeah, nah. so we can sell it to someone saying you've got your own program. But like, at the end of the day, it's all the same thing. You're going to squat them, you're going to hinge them, you're going to pull, you're going to push. Yeah. You're going to carry, you're going to do some anti-rotation work. hundred percent, man. And that's what, like I sort of bang on about like the big four. We, we hit those big four. And this is more just in terms of general programming, not swimming specific, but the swimmers come under it as well. They're going to hinge, they, they're going to squat, they're going to push, they're going to pull. They're going to do horizontal push, vertical push, vertical pull, Yep. horizontal pull. So it's and core work on top. And then the emphasis and the intensity is just dictated by where they are yeah. in terms of the calendar. Yeah, and I'll, I'll vary the... I don't even do that. Well, I, it depends on the type of season. So it's very long. It's always like, the, you know, the, what is it? The best response you can make to any question is it depends. Yeah. What I'm about to say, it depends. So <laughs> All the time. I do different ratios of, say, a squat pattern or a hinge pattern or a pull or a push pattern, depending on the athlete and the time of season yep. and what their specific stroke is. Like I said before, we kind of I operate off two kind of streams, the non-breaststrokers and the breaststrokers. The breaststrokers are doing more squat variations than they are hinge variations yep. because they need that more quad-dominated movement. Yep. The... The non-breaststrokers are doing that hinge and the breaststrokers are definitely hinging as well because I really, one of my favorite parts about an RDL or a hinge is the isometric holds that you get from holding a bar tight for your back and for your shoulders and everything. So yep. those guys are doing it, but those guys need more hamstring glute activation to keep their legs up and that fly kick, you know, and they're getting enough hip flexor work from their swimming anyway. Yeah. So balancing it out is a very big thing that I do, but also like, Going back to how it's not so complicated, and I think I've just made it sound even more complicated, <laughs> how it's, we make it not that complicated is by... Um, we manage a lot of things on floor yeah. with people. So we'll have those the, the programs. So right now, normally throughout the year, I'm running one swimming program. Yeah. Like one, one system program. And that within that, if they're a breaststroker, they, when they come in, I will change... I'll put. I'll say, look, you do your you do your squat work now. You yep. do your hinge work now. Yeah. And we we vary it that way. And same with the mobility stuff. We in my in all my programs across all the board at FSC, we will do most of the time. I don't like people just standing around yeah. in gym. Oh yeah, no, everything's paired up for me. I, I learned that yeah. straight away. I hate it, but I pair <laughs> stuff up so I know. I write. I say, okay, you're doing squats right now. Okay. And then I I got this off. Um, Joe DeFranco and Smitty, like yep. CPBS, so they do their filler exercises. So I would go, okay, sweet. So what we would do, we're doing a squat exercise. So if they're doing a squat right now, they could either be too tight and they need more range of motion. Yep. So in, in the comments, I will write, if you are X, like they know their numbers, or you are 
tight in your hips today or your ankles today, do hip or ankle mobility exercises. Yeah. And if they are, for example, not tight, yeah. okay, sweet, you can do some stability eyes. So pick this exercise, this exercise, or this exercise. Yeah, okay. So you're giving them a bit more freedom. Yeah, that way yeah. they got some freedom to do stuff. Most of the time they come and ask me anyway, or they yeah. ask the coach on the floor. <laughs> they go, hey, Ryan, what do you reckon today? And I have a nice conversation with them. I say, how's work been this week? Yeah. Have you been sitting more than you normally would? How do your hips feel? What's this? Because day by day, this is like... I literally wrote a post about it for like for a couple of like a couple of days. I don't know when I'll post it, but I wrote it. Yeah. Um, about the adaptability of training and how it's like the probably one of the most underutilized and undervalued. Not skill. everything said in stone. And skills like what our undervalued skill is ability for a coach to not take their pro. Like you get so many coaches that go, oh well, I wrote this program and it's got a sixteen week and blah 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 and it's all fitted like this. But like a guy comes in tired and they still hit them with the same program. Like no, like this guy's tired. People only have so much work capacity. And this is, we sound like we're not talking about swimmers right now, but this is the most relevant bit to swimmers I could yeah. probably get on. Like these guys train in the water up to nine times a week plus for Bro, two hours a day. I say skip it so many times. I've got a this, Far I've got a that. Around, and, I know, and they're kids as well. So you've got to, you've you've got got to, to gauge what they're actually telling you. And it might be like, I've got a, a insert body part that doesn't feel quite right. And I just say, if you're not feeling good squatting, just skip it. It's yep. not important. Nah. Like in the whole context, that those three sets of s- squats that they're going to do on that afternoon probably, aren't important. Probably ain't going to win you a national medal. Yeah, so I was like, just skip it. And, and invariably, and some people might say like, oh, that's like, why well, you know, get to the root cause, blah, blah, blah. But through my experience with them, the next time they come in training, if you ask them about it, they wouldn't remember that they told you that it was sore. Nah. <laughs> so it's just like, all right, forget about it. How bad is it? it? Do you need to stop doing what you're doing? Yeah, it's painful. Okay, sweet. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. Are you seeing anyone for it? Invariably, no. And then the next session, they're there and they're probably doing what they couldn't do three days before. And that's just the, my experience with yeah. that, age, that age group, that athlete sort of yeah. so cohort. I yeah. I don't work with that many... Well, actually, I do. A bunch of new ones just turned up. But yep. I haven't been working... I don't work with a set club anymore. I'm yep. affiliated with a bunch of clubs. So we made that switch about two years ago. Actually, we made that switch when Wembley opened because I was like, look, I do not have the time right now to be in two places at once, travelling all around yep. Perth, doing these squads. So that was very sad because after three years of working with these guys, you know, you really want to keep working with them. So. Yep. But, you know, they can always come find me. I'm always here, guys, just in case you've thought yeah. about it. Um, so I, I'm not affiliated strictly with a club anymore or anything like that. But um, my guys, we have guys from all over. I literally had this morning four different club people from four different clubs in, yep. at 9.15 today. And they all have different squad environments, stuff like that. Their coaches do slightly different stuff. But most of the time, it's pretty similar. Yeah. So I don't have to get too. I obviously communicate with a coach. What's if you're not if you're working with athletes and you're not communicating with the person who's actually writing ninety percent of their program, you probably should look into that. Yeah, that's very important. You may not get anything out of them, but you've got to make the conversation. You've got to pester them until you get some information. Like something that's like, hey, when are your hard blocks? Because most the good ones will have it written down when their hard blocks are. Yeah. Or when their heavy comps are doing when they're doing a lot of comps stuff like that. So you need to know that. Side point. Anyway, where was I going with that? Yeah, was, something important was happening there in my brain, and then it just trailed. Four off. different swimmers in this morning. Different, 
different programs, but they're all pretty similar. All pretty similar. They're running. The, they're they're all leading to a national championship, and the calendar this year is a headache for any of the guys. Yeah, out there yeah, yeah. Is, because of COVID. Is it even happening? Yeah. So you've got. Has <laughs> been how many times has it been changed? Well, AJ, we were talking about this earlier, so you, you haven't forgotten when your national championships are for your suitors, but... <laughs> it's on a whiteboard in there, unless it's changed. Nah, Has so, it changed? So, Open Water Nationals was cancelled. That was supposed to be January, Australia Day. It's always on Australia Day. It makes it really easy for me to remember. Yep. Um, that was cancelled. It's now in almost... We're halfway through the week now, pretty much. So, two weeks' time, two and a half weeks' time. Then, four weeks... About three weeks after that, you've got Asian Nationals, and then a couple of weeks after that, you've got Open Nationals. Yeah. In between that, I'll talk about different sports, other weird sports that I do. Underwater hockey. Get out of here, man. I do underwater hockey. Get out of here, man. <laughs> Shit. For online, I only do it online because they're not in this state, but um, one of them is. But anyway, they're in between that, and then water polo champions have two... Water polo has two championships. Fuck yeah, water polo. Just beforehand... There's yep. the, like the age group state team one and then there's the Australian team selection meet at the end. They're all in the same event venue yep. in Queensland because apparently Queensland's doing everything this year. Yep. All in Queensland, all over a six-week period. Yeah, shit. My God, my life this year. <laughs> <laughs> but With the, with the um, swimmers, the, um, and it goes back to just being the supplement to their swimming training, like our programs basically go from general strength a bit of a transition into strength and power into bit of peaking like that's basically the blocks um and that just basically changes rep ranges exercise selection slightly we bring in some more dynamic stuff as they're getting in towards competition um i like to keep the dynamic stuff in there a fair bit because they do need to learn the actual movement skill and if you only hit them with them you know, two weeks of the year or two weeks every six months, they don't learn the skill enough to be good at it. Um, so that's ba- like it, it is really simple and that's just something that makes it practical, easily to Im- easy to implement with a big group. Um, but yeah, my actual sort of call it a taper, I always say like what I'm doing is not important. Like it's what's happening in the pool that's going to have the big effect on how you perform. We're going to give you lighter days and it's going to be easier. We're not going to flog you with volume the week of a competition. But at the end of the day, it's set up by what's happening in the pool, not what's happening in the two 45-minute sessions in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I, I agree completely what you're saying, but um, in terms of like it's not important what you're doing, it's very important in the fact that you don't stuff it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's another point for (laughs) coaches at home to make a note of. Like... Don't be that person with that ego that thinks that you're going to be all sweet. But if you're, yeah, the, well, that, if yeah, you're the one who stuffs up the taper process, what is normally quite... These coaches put a lot of effort into their taper process and their yeah. drop downs and stuff like that. Do not be that... Just run the normal guidelines, man. Just don't try and be fancy. We, we drop away typically one session. Um, so like say they've got a meet on the weekend, they'll still come in and lift on the Tuesday and it will be like two-thirds of the volume of a power-based session that's pretty easy anyway so it's just light fast moving well and i think that's something that's missed is like g-ing them up like yeah getting them around them getting them around themselves 
and years. um and firing them up and and sort of saying like how much are you going to smash it this week and all that sort of stuff is underrated in terms of like we we always uh, uh, it's easy to think in reps and sets and mesocycles and it's like all right what are the other aspects here yeah and sort of lifting them to you know shit like believe in themselves and and think oh, even if they think they're firing you know they're going to be doing better yeah I, yeah. thought, I was thinking about this on the way down. So this exact thing came into my head about confidence and stuff like that with swimmers and stuff like that. And a lot of the time, it's, a, it's, it's all kids. You get a lot of introverts, you get a lot of extroverts. Knowing how to deal with each bracket is very important and how you, you deal with that. If yep. you can increase an introvert's confidence by the tiniest amount, you'll yep. have made a massive difference on that person's yeah. ability to perform. So even if, like, even if it's you figure out that they get real confidence in them knowing that they've done a good work of training or if they do something really well the day before like a couple of days before um that's something that's really important that's really down to knowing being able to pick out athletes and and that's so much more important and going to have a bigger bigger influence than the time that we spend over which pulling variation they should do oh my god <laughs> you know what i mean the pull-up <laughs> that's, that's yeah before we talk about the pull-up um yeah, it's it's massive. So, uh, like in terms of taper, we do we keep their sessions there. So we still do the two a week. I don't let people come in without within twenty four hours of their set their comps normally. Yeah. Unless it's what we used to call a Mickey Mouse meet, where it doesn't really matter. Yeah, there is a few of those, isn't there? There's a lot of those. Yeah. So a lot of the time, if you if you kind of drop tapered them every week, you wouldn't really you'd be having so many adaptation weeks that it's actually it probably wouldn't actually affect them at all. But yeah, you yeah. Just, I sort of get them to that point where I'm like, it's pretty light or it, it basically goes moderately heavy paired up with something fast and light and then it goes something and then it basically tapers down to something that's pretty light plus something that's pretty fast. Like that's like my exercise selection. I like what can what can variation can we do that we can load a little bit and then I pair it up with something that's a little bit power based and then it's basically load that less, but tell them tell them to move it faster, yeah, and something dynamic, and then they're off. Like, and I've played around with stuff like priming sets, like you know, forty eight hours beforehand, and yep. you know, all those variations that you can come up with. It's so hard to you, and like actually getting a quantified like measure it's of it's not happening. Did I, <laughs> did that actually do anything for them yeah. in that race, or did I just do not do enough damage for it to be noticeable in a bad way? Yeah. If that makes sense, hundred um, percent. It's one of the reasons. Back to what you're talking about with your the way you're doing your your programming, like the doing something a little bit heavier and then something really fast. The contrast work. Is I one love of, that, yeah. mate. It's one of my favourite tools to use, especially around this time of year, because nothing builds confidence in swimmers like a jump off, yeah, or getting around boys jumping around and stuff like that. Yeah, just the feeling you get from loading, doing a loaded squat or a loaded deadlift, and then going into a vertical jump 15 seconds later. Dude, yeah, I'm I'm all over the complex stuff. It eh? feels so good. Yeah, mate. We've uh, we've sort of, I don't know. We have talked in circles a little bit there. But that's all right. I want to go over the uh, the Roto swim. Yep. Uh, it was last weekend, weekend before last. Yeah. Weekend before last. Um, have you done it in the past? I've never done a solo. I've done many teams. You've done a few teams. Done a few. How teams. come you haven't done solo? Oh mate. Too well, far. Too far. Too yeah. far. Far out, man. I'm a two hundred <laughs> breaststroker. Um, I'm I'm never gonna say I'm never gonna do it because yep. I'd hate to put myself in that position where I have to lie to people because yep. it probably will happen at some stage. Okay. 
my body's got to be in a state where I can actually do that yeah. amount of swimming volume. To Ru- be able to run do it. me through someone like myself wants to do the Rodo swim. This isn't saying that I'm going to do it, but where do I start? Is it no, seriously it- just about volume, like frequency, kilometers? Is that is that the first port of call? Given that I would be, I'm a very green swimmer. Like I've done you- two ocean swims of two kilometers. Yeah, uh, in races, to- they. I survived (laughs) (laughs) Um, but where would you start would it be like all right you need to hit 10ks this week and then it's chip away chip away chip away is it similar to running in that aspect well AJ it depends (laughs) that's the right answer (laughs) Um, but yeah in the most basic terms I would do it like you're running if you're like talking from like on pool deck coach kind of thought processes I would I would say it's never too early to start, especially if you've not been a swimmer before, if yeah. that makes sense. Like never too early to start. Um, it's in any case, if it doesn't, if you if you start doing it and you don't end up doing the event, at least you've done some pretty good low impact cross training. Yeah. If that makes sense. So yeah. I would say get a swimming coach that can actually teach you some good technique. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for theoretical AJ that, might decide to do it. Yeah, the theoretical AJ that might yeah. decide to do it. So pretty much AJ's going to be doing it. No, he year. won't be. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a duo with you, man. Fuck no. Do you want to do a duo? Nah. Nah. If, I'm, if I did it, like, I'd just do the whole thing. You sure? Yeah. You want to just jump straight into it? Yeah. Well, you've done ultra marathons. You kind of know what the feeling's like, so. Uh, I think it would, fuck, it would take longer. <laughs> How long did your ultra take? Six and... Nearly yeah. seven? You're probably not doing a six hour if you're that bad at swimming. No, fuck no. I'm thinking... How like, long's your ultra marathons? Uh, 50Ks, the ones I've done. Yeah, well... It's that... To- it's no that hills t- in the ocean, though. It's top... <laughs> yeah, but there is, there is waves and yeah, there are currents and yeah. there are other things. But um, what my, my advice for you as someone who hasn't been swim coaching in a long time but has done a fair bit of it was get your technique right first. Yeah. By getting your technique right first, you're probably going to start yourself at a level that isn't going to be too taxing for your body. Yep. Because it's swimming. You probably feel like you're having you're holding yourself back because you're focusing on technique. Is that what you It's like when you're teaching, you know when you've got guys who really want to squat heavy? Yeah. And you keep telling them to hold back a little bit. Yeah, hold back, like a little that, bit yeah. hold back a little bit. Like let's get this movement better. Let's There's no point doing 30k's a week if it's with shit technique. And you might as well do 10, and do, 12. And then you do you do 30k's and you do 10k and then you do 5k and then yeah. you go back to, and you're like shit, yeah, I'm going to do it this year. Like yeah. well done on your wave cycle, bro, but like yeah. you're probably not prog- like using, you know, the correct principles of progressive overload and getting yourself to a good point. You're probably just burning yourself out on repeat. Yeah. So, I would say get your technique right first. Start with whatever you're real comfortable with. Yeah. Um so, like, for me, for instance, if I was going to go back, I'd start what sounds... Like, me in this current condition that I am in terms of swimming, I'd probably start with a kilometre. Yeah. What is a very big dip from what I would be used to, and I'd probably feel... Well, I'll probably get out and feel like I've wasted my time. A kilometre for, like, session one? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Based on me, not, not on you. I don't know yep. how far you can swim, so... I was doing a couple of, like, when I, I didn't train much for the adventure race, but I think I did a handful of K efforts. Yeah. Just in Like, swim straight Ks? Yeah, just, like, jetty to jetty down at Rocky. Oh, in the open water? Yeah. Oh, sick, even better. Like, training a pool probably, it's easier to measure. Yep. For most people, that would be a good tip that I'd have. Um, get your technique right. 
Yep, didn't do that. Major, major, <laughs> major, major bit because like you are doing a lot of like you can get your technique ten percent better. It's ten percent plus effort that you're gonna have to do. Yeah, to get over there. Does that make sense? So yeah. it makes everything easier once you can do it. Probably learning to float. It's worth it's it's worth the investment. Oh man, it's it's. I'd say it's worth getting a coach if you're yep. going to do something like a Rottnest Channel swim. Yeah. If you've got no experience in swimming at all, get a co- just yep. get a coach. Don't do it yourself. What sort of mileage would you be looking at for a race like that? It's 19Ks, right? Yeah. What sort of mileage are we talking? Obviously, it depends. Um, yeah. But Ks per week before that. Like, obviously, you're going to bring it down into, into some sort of taper. But, you know, should you be hitting those like 20Ks a week, 30Ks a week? How many Ks okay, a week so are we, are we've we talking? Got, I've got open water swimmers that I work with and they're training for a 10K. Yep. And I have my disagreements if this is too much volume, but this is what they're doing and they're some of the best in the country. But yep. they do 100K weeks. Fuck. That's such a time investment. Build up to 100K a week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're probably not going to stay at 100K a week for a long time. And if they are, they're probably going to dip down, come back up, do a couple more weeks, dip down, come back up. But That's 80, insane, man. Because like, it takes you 10 hours to run 100K a week, let alone swim. Yeah, so like, I guess 18 hours. Nine, of swimming. Nine times twos, plus probably a, probably a three in there as well. So you can get the volume in. Um, but in terms of like, I know eight... Mo- a trip squads back when I was swimming, and I'm pretty sure it's pretty similar now around the 60k mark. Yeah. And they're training for 200s. Now, general population, we're going over to here. I have guys who are swimming in general population swim squads. Yeah. And they're, they are being coached, they're not doing it themselves. Um, and they train 30k, 40k a week. Yeah, shit. At their peak, and then they'll come down. So yeah. I, think, I think you could probably do it solo if you're. A good swimmer, yeah. Or maybe I don't want to throw it out. Maybe <laughs> fifteen. If you're a really good swimmer, yeah, like yeah. say you're a really good swimmer, but you haven't trained for a while, and all you need to do is kind of touch the water, get your touch for the water back, and that's go, it. Go from there. You're yeah. probably looking at a minimum of twenty. I think most people would probably need a lot more than that. Push it more far out. That's a big time commitment, isn't it? Really. But you say like, this is. We're drifting off into Ryan's yeah. hypothetical thought processes here. <laughs> um, my untested theory is I don't believe swimmers need that much. Yeah. I'm not a swim coach and I have no real grounds to be saying this because I'm not proving it with athletes, but I think that it is a sport where it's getting a lot better and we're seeing... The reason I can say this is because there are places in the uh, other squads in the world and in WA that are proving this point correct. Yeah. You don't need to be doing 60K a week for a 200, K, 200 meter swim. Yeah. You don't need to, but you may not need to do 100K a week for a 10K swim, 80K a week for a 10K swim. I think that you could probably take them out of the water because all you're doing is at the end, you get to a certain point and it's like what we said with the mobility and the stability. How much do we put in before we're either not making a difference at all yeah. or we're going too far? Yeah, exactly. So. My thought process is you're training an energy system and a muscle fatigue yeah. and your body's ability to deal with that, your mental ability to deal with that. Yeah. So to save swimmers' bodies maybe, you could cut down and do it, do that extra kilometre aerobic training that you had planned in a different environment that will probably take, because you're not swimming, probably would take 
half the amount of time for the same adaptation for the same yeah for the same or potential adaptation yeah, yeah. see this is where sports scientists go off on their yeah, little, yeah, their yeah, little yeah. brain thing and, <laughs> and we can comfortably sit well, here well we always know like more is not there's going to be these freak outliers right that get through you know these 100k weeks or fuck, with running it's absolutely ridiculous now yeah um and then there's these other outliers that like run marathons and they only train 5k runs and everyone is going to be different that's where that it depends makes a lot of sense but it's is more always better and it's not always the case yeah and i think um i think swimming is getting a lot better it was definitely a lot of like ah, oh, you just got to do more you just got to do more you got to do more and now i think it's getting a bit yeah. more and they always used to say quality over quantity, but yeah. I mean, you're still doing. But get, but get you, back in the you, pool. But still, get back you, in the pool. You still got to do a two k straight cool down or something, you know, something yeah. like that. You know, but, Shit. so where where's the balance? I don't know. I'm not on that side of the fence. I'm on the very comfortable S and C side where I can do a whole lot of stuff, pretend that I'm doing a really good job, but really it's yeah. You know, I'm just. I I always like to say I give people the potential to perform better. Yeah, man. Increasing their capacity to handle yeah. their sport. I give you guys the potential to be able to generate more force so when you're doing it submaximally, you can produce more force at the same submaximal rate. Dude, 100%. And that's that's the big one for me, especially it makes it easy that I'm not a swimmer and I don't have a background in swimming because yeah. I'm like, I'm not here to make you Simplify. a better swimmer. I'm here to increase your capacity. Yeah. So then you can take that capacity over to the pool and be better over there. And going back to the, the Cool Kid forums on, you know, different swimming, S&C and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, I deliberately post in there, bang up simple stuff. Yeah. Because there is a flood of people doing freestyle pull downs and people building these swim benches will allow you to do swimming outside yeah. the water. It's like, you've got a pool right there. Just go in the water. You're actually, yeah. you're still putting just as much, if not more strain on their joints because you've got no buoyancy around. Like just do the sport, like do your yeah. sport, perform your skill. Yeah. Allow the S and C to be completely different. Don't make it overly specific to a sport that is in an alien environment to the one you're trying to train in. hundred percent. So I love it. I don't know. Mate, I think we're going to leave it there. That's about an hour and a half. I mean, we didn't actually talk about the Rottnest Challenge that much. <laughs> no, we did. We did. We got I, there. Um, I think the important thing, uh, before we wrap up, I know you probably have stuff to do. I don't have anything to do yeah. apart from drive to Bunbury. Um, but the important bit to know about the Rottnest Channel Swim is you are training for an endurance event. Yeah. That doesn't mean that your gym work needs to be endurance-based. Like, train your strength work and your endurance will get better yeah it's the best thing you can do. and you're probably going to get more bang for your buck doing you know three reps three sets of six rather than trying to mimic it this is what we keep talking about don't make it overly specific to the sport let's not do five rounds of 50 because yeah no nah. of like single arm pull downs because you're going to be doing 20 again that's that trying to mimic the sport again isn't it 100 percent. just yeah. keep it simple Think about increasing capacity, building strength. Yep. Think about your major joints. So you've got your shoulder, yep. you've got your hip, you've got your, you've got your ankles, you've got your knees, yeah? Yeah. The ones that typically go wrong, yeah? Fix those. Yeah. Just build strength. Make in, them more resilient. Build strength in those and your elbow issues will probably go away. Your shoulder issues will definitely go away if you're doing proper shoulder work. Yeah. Um, you, you know, if you get a hip or a lower back issue, that'll probably go away. If you're doing your footwork correctly, so your day-to-day life is okay. 
you're probably gonna you probably fix a bunch of stuff that you didn't even realize you had yep you know just focus on the the joints and how they're supposed to move normally and make them better yeah i like that that sort of makes me feel good about what i've been doing because i've been doing a lot of shoulder stability stuff you um and i like i really do i i keep things simple to a point where i could like i can almost hear the voices saying is that all they're doing yeah and i'm like nah this is i'm backing myself like this is what this is uh what we should be doing so it's it's good to hear that from someone who's a lot more versed in in swimming than I am. And that that mate is the when I see any of your swimming stuff on social media, especially the one you did the other day at a Y raise, actually making sure scap set was in place before doing the Y raise. My God, just like hit your basics, guys. Like realize yeah. the anatomy of how a shoulder works and make sure you're doing that. Yeah. And practicing that because. Kids are so dysfunctional nowadays. You need to make sure that you're at least making them functional. Yeah. So when they go into a high rep, alien environment that they, you know, there's nothing else like it apart from maybe in space. You know. Yeah. Like buoyancy is a really crazy thing for making gravity do all the things that we don't know what goes on. Yeah. Just make them move better in their day-to-day lives, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Sweet. Anyway. I think we'll leave it there, my brother. Thank you very much for uh, coming on. It's been a pleasure. Oh, mate, it's been a good old yarn. Um, guys, good. if you are listening, you can follow Ryan. What's your Instagram handle, man? Ryan, Ryan underscore. Oh, what is it again? That's a good point. Let me check. At it. Ryan underscore FFC. Coaching, I think. Underscore coaching. I'll tag him anyway. Yeah, Ryan <laughs> underscore FFC underscore coaching. I should probably get. I simplified that from my name because I'm not going to spell my last name and probably <laughs> simplify it again. Um, but yeah, if you've listened this far, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you have any further questions, send them to Ryan. Um, as always, <laughs> as always uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, share those screenshots, everything else. Anything from you, bro? Nah, man. Just any swim coaches out there that want a a bit of like a, a chat, who want to have a chat to me, my door is always open. My, yep. my literal goal for getting into this was to end up preventing bodies like mine from happening. So... Like anyone who wants to reach out and have, I will, I've got, we've got courses coming out pretty soon for all this stuff, workshops that I would love to do with coaches. So yeah, sweet. Um, if anyone's interested in that, please hit me up. I would. Perfect. Simon will let you know if we're charging anything for it. <laughs> <laughs> Too easy, guys. Peace. <laughs>